Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. AFOW is in a really good spot. I love AFOW. That's where I started playing girls football and worked my way through to a club in its infancy of AFLW. So I think we, this, we're we often in a rush and that's a good thing. That's why we get things done. But if we stop and reflect on the fact that we've got 540 women playing AFLW now, all 18 clubs represented, as you said, games being played in heartland venues all around the country it is just remarkable and we should be really proud of what we've been able to grow new afl footy boss laura kane with her take on aflw of course big start to the season coming up this weekend and in perth it will start with a western derby down at Fremantle. to talk about it Code Sports, Eliza Riley. She is the guru on AFLW and also WAFLW. Eliza joins me on the show. Welcome, Eliza. Morning, Dolph. Yeah, it's creeping up very quickly on us, but excited to kick off in the best way possible with a clash between the two cross-town rivals. So what do we expect from the two WA clubs this year, Eliza? It was a pretty ordinary season for them last year. Can we expect a spike in performance from either or both of them? Well, both of them have been on the record um, in an article I've written for Code Sports saying they both want to play finals this year, which for Fremantle is not the boldest sort of prediction or declaration considering they have been there, you know, four seasons in a row before last season when they were hit by massive injuries. And, of course, that sort of paved the way for the removal of Trent Cooper at the end of the season. But Fremantle still have the majority um, of that high top-end talent which can compete with the best sides in the competition, whereas West Coast Captain Emma Swanson was very sort of adamant that finals is the next step for the Eagles and considering the first four seasons they've had in the AFLW, she wasn't willing to hide the fact that it has been underwhelming and they have underperformed to date so far. So for the Eagles to be talking finals is you know, it, it makes sense, but it's going to have to be a massive jump because they only won the two games last season in a year where four expansion clubs entered the competition. So it's going to have to be a big jump, but they've got a lot of young talent to do it. So tell us who you think will jump up at West Coast that will help them do this or at least help them try to do this. Based on the pre-season matches we've seen so far, um, one to watch is Sinead Davidson. She's sort of been an injury-interrupted player for several years now, was looking like she was going to finally come good last season, but then did her knee in a pre-season training match and has missed the last 12 months. She's worked extremely hard and um, has basically locked in a berth on the wing, which is a bit of a different position to what we've seen her play in the past. She's usually been a small pressure forward, but her running capability has really grown in the past 12 months and we're about to see it on the wing. Ella Roberts is a name that would be familiar with anyone who follows AFLW. She's a, a rising star, was in contention for the rising star last season, but couldn't quite get it done. 
she's a generational talent and I think she's going to do things on the footy field that we haven't seen yet in AFLW. And then one who's going to make her debut this weekend is Lauren Wackfer. She's a ruck out of South Fremantle. She played um, a really good top age year and did her knee, unfortunately, towards the draft. But the Eagles still rated her so highly that they used their second pick to select her in that draft. So she's done a lot of rehab as well and will make her debut on Sunday. Ella Roberts is an interesting one, isn't she? She's been spoken about, as you said, a generational talent. Where will she play and and describe her key attributes to to listeners? Well, the thing about Ella Roberts is she can really play anywhere. She's probably best suited at the moment in that lineup up forward because she's an incredible sort of overhead mark and kick. Her kick is incredibly accurate and powerful, so it makes sense to let her roam free up forward and be that sort of marking target and she kicked two goals in a practice match against Essendon. But she, last year, we have also seen her play on ball in the midfield and she can also play in the ruck and did so at junior level. So she can really sort of play anywhere. Um, But if I was West Coast, I'd just lock her down forward and let her kick as many goals as she likes because she has that talent. Now, obviously, at Fremantle, they've had a change of coach um, with Trent Cooper leaving and Lisa Webb coming back to the club. Um, what have you noticed about their playing style that's different? So the things that we've sort of seen in their pre-season matches so far, which I think are going to take them um, forward and back into finals contention, is a mix of speed, skill and flexibility. So speed, we know the doctors have relied on that in the past and being quite a fast, nippy team who like to get sides out the back. So that's going to be a hallmark of their game again. Skills have come, um, they were sort of dropped a little bit off in that Collingwood game um, in the pre-season once they were under pressure. So they do need to make sure that doesn't happen in the heat of the moment in once real games do start. But skill is sort of hitting targets, changing lanes, that sort of thing, which we've seen the better sides do in the AFLW. And then flexibility. Basically, you know, every player has your preferred position, which you'd rather them play if everything goes to plan. But every player essentially has a second position um, that they've trained in over summer that they can fall on um, and sort of switch the team around if they need be. Now, I think you mentioned in a recent interview you thought Dana East is one to watch. Any other young players you think can help take the Dockers forward? Another one who's received a bit of, um, a bit of, I guess, positivity around her heading into the season is Madeline Scanlon. She was a mature age draftee at the start of last season out of Claremont, um, sort of came to footy a bit later in her life but really dominated at Claremont in what turned out to be a premiership year for them as a sort of rebounding defender, intercept defender. She was picked up by Frio, played the four games, but unfortunately had her a wrist injury, which ended her season. But she's come back into the team, been a really strong performer over pre-season and now has a lot of confidence in her own ability. So someone like her in defence is going to be one to watch. Now, who wins the derby this weekend, um, Eliza? Who do you like? I think I have to go to the Dockers in this one. Um, obviously, the last time these two times two teams played, it was the closest margin we've ever seen in the derby with just the three points separating them. 
But based on recent form, um, we know the Dockers are undefeated in derbies and in a pre-season clash between these two sides just a couple of weeks ago, Fremantle won by 50-odd points, I think it was, in that clash. So it's going to be... I don't think it's going to be um, that favourable to Fremantle this time around. I think it will tighten up a little bit, but I still think the Dockers have enough um, to get it done and get that first win under Lisa Webb in round one. Because it's a compressed season, every one of these games is precious, isn't it? You just can't afford to drop one that you were expecting to win. Yeah, exactly. If you have one or two losses at the start of the season, you're already on the back foot and at odds with sort of fighting back into the season. Because, you know, it's all important confidence and building that really early on, which the Dockers didn't do last season and it cost them dearly. So... Across the competition, who are going to be the strong teams? Who do you fancy for finals and premierships? I think when you speak of premierships, it's hard to go past the Demons again this season. Of course, they are the reigning premiers, but what they have done is kept the bulk of their playing list together, which some of the other top-end clubs over the past few years haven't quite been able to do off over the off-season, losing a few players here and there, um, have Brisbane and Adelaide. So those two sides, Brisbane and Adelaide, will be strong again, you'd expect, but the Demons who just have all the boxes ticked and the only real player they've lost is Daisy Pierce to retirement, who, of course, is a massive hole um, with her leadership and skill on the field. But besides her, they've managed to keep their list largely intact. The other one to watch um, is North Melbourne, They've sort of been building for a few years now, have been around the mark, but they really have um, some exciting young talent on their list to take that next step and really jump into contention rather than just making the finals. And Geelong and Richmond as well are two sort of young teams in that similar bracket have added a little bit of talent over the off-season and should play finals again. So we've talked about young players at West Coast and Fremantle that will be players to watch. Who are players across the competition we should be uh, keeping an eye on? Who that springs to mind when you think about rising star who's still eligible for that this season? Jasmine Fleming um, from Hawthorne, of course. Her, her surname will be um, very familiar to listeners with her dad, Damien, dominating the cricket scene for years. But she's um, played the nine games, I think, last season. So she's still technically eligible for the rising star. And with another pre-season and, you know, a much more smooth one, considering she was going through year 12 last season, she's expected to take the next step in the midfield for Hawthorne this season. And then another one to keep an eye on um, up at the Gold Coast is Alana G. She is another really exciting young top-end talent in the draft. Unfortunately, missed all of last season after sustaining a back injury, but she's been announced to make her debut this weekend. And, of course, women's footy in Queensland is incredibly strong, isn't it? It's probably something that West Australians may not be aware of, but it's been one of the real boom areas for the code. And um, and I think the boom in women's footy up in Queensland has given the AFL great hope that uh, the, the men's, um, I guess, interest in... in um, AFL in Queensland will also spike. Yeah, certainly. I spent four years up in Queensland for um, university and work, and the amount of girls jumping across to footy and deciding to play it for the very first time was enormous. I think the competition expanded from one division to three or four in the time I was there. 
and just so many girls were taking that opportunity to, to play Aussie rules, which, you know, some of them were completely unfamiliar with, and a lot of sort of, you know, athletic types um, making the jump across, which is probably reflective of what we've seen with Brisbane's list and Gold Coast in the first few years, a lot of really exciting, you know, athletes, but it's just adding that extra layer of footy knowledge and um, IQ, and then they you know, can go a long way in the AFLW. Yeah, I remember watching round one, I think, of last year, which I think Fremantle travelled to Brisbane and played Brisbane, and it looked like they were almost like a next generation of AFLW athletes, the Lions girls. They were sort of, you know, taller and... and, quicker and, and able to sustain running bursts for longer and it was a I thought jeepers they're going to be hard to they're going to be hard to top now obviously they didn't get there and win the flag but they've certainly been a consistently strong team across the um, across the years of the the AFLW so far how do you feel about the competition being launched at this stage Eliza we're, we're on the cusp of AFL finals we've had this conversation before but do you like it now when the weather is better to play footy or do you like it in summer when they have a window where they have the the code to themselves? Personally, right now, I still probably prefer the summer time slot, um, to be honest. Obviously, that might change. My opinion might change seeing another season in August right now. Um, And obviously, last year we played the three seasons in the one year, so it probably wasn't the best case when it came to whether this August time slot works because there was a fair bit of footy to tea by the time we were at this point last year. So I'm willing to give it one more go this August, but if you ask me right now before um, the season's even started, I'd probably tend to think that the summer time slot, there's just a little bit more excitement um, in the very sort of early stages of the year when, you know, that we haven't had footy for a few months and there is... Um, you know, that sort of summer carnival-type atmosphere down at Frio Oval or Mineral Resources Park where you can, you know, enjoy these games of footy and then um, enjoy the sort of precincts after that. As much as, you know, we wanted to escape the heat because that was just completely unfair and we don't want girls playing in 35-degree heat at 12pm on weekends, I'd still probably lean towards the summer season, but we'll see how this one goes and whether that excitement in AFLW returns. Yeah, hopefully they they get it up and going. I mean, it's come so far and there's such a long journey, I think, still ahead and so much more upside about um, AFLW and I think that's the most exciting thing about it. Hey, interesting story that you've been covering for Code Sports and that's the battle uh, amongst WAFLW players to, to be paid. Tell us a little bit about that and where that is at at the moment. Yeah, really interesting um, push from the WA Football Commission to pay Waffle W athletes for the first time, which, you know, six years into the competition's existence, there's no question around whether the girls deserve to be paid. It's just a matter for the clubs, which the majority of which are um, opposing this proposal, is the effect it could have on their bottom line. Because we know the Waffle competition, some clubs are on their knees financially and just sort of scraping by each season. So to ask them to find you know, a couple, a few thousand dollars to pay female athletes each year is a big ask. But West Perth, they're the only club to vocally back in this proposal so far and they really want to pay their female athletes to reward their commitment 
they've already managed to go out and find a sponsor to cover female player payments before any of um, decisions have been made. So they're calling on other clubs to get on their bike and go and find the money instead of complaining about where it's going to come from. Um, so it's a really interesting sort of talking point that female athletes just want equity, not even equality, because they're not going to be paid anywhere near what the men's waffle players are paid to start with. We're talking 50 to to $100 a game just to, you know, mark a starting point in the wake of the Matildas. Um, but definitely clubs pushing back. So does West Perth have any support amongst other WFL clubs at the moment, Eliza, or are they uh, going it alone? There was talk that East Fremantle had um, a board meeting last week and there was a bit of pressure from the players on their board to come out and support West Perth and we were told that that was the conclusion they reached. But we're still waiting to actually hear from them because they said they put out a statement sort of confirming which position they're taking on the matter. And they have a few female board members who obviously want to support this, um, but they haven't yet um, clarified their position. Eliza, thanks for joining us on the show today. Always a pleasure to talk to you. Look forward to reading more of your stuff on Code Sports and uh, all the best for the AFLW season coming up. Eliza Riley, you can read her stuff on Code Sports. Great young sports writer uh, covering AFL and also covering AFLW. What are your thoughts on the AFLW and the timing of the season? What are your thoughts on WAFLW players receiving some pay? And as Eliza stressed, not a lot of pay, just some pay to recognise their commitment to the game. You can give us your thoughts on the temper at Bedshed text line on 0487 736 736. You can call us on the open line on 13. 1255. We'll be back with more after the break.